Hello, Law students. Welcome back to Law Perspectives. For those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is Jeremiah and I'm a 3L at the law school. I started this podcast to provide an alternative space for you to voice how the pandemic has impacted your law school experience and personal experiences. It's also a way for you to hear from your classmates outside of Zoom classes and email threads. If you haven't checked out the first episode, give it a listen. It's with Alexander Dawson IV a 3L from Hall River, North Carolina. And just so you know, Alexander's musical project titled Res Ipsa is dropping soon. Our guest on episode two is Gabriella Revita. Gabriella is incredible. I met her during Admitted Students Weekend at Penn. We happened to sit next to each other at that welcome lunch in Levy. It's crazy that that was four years ago. If you know Gabriella, you know how passionate she is about her family, friends, and the Penn Law community. In this episode, you'll hear about how Gabriella is continuing to serve at the law school remotely, some of the positives of spending time back home with her family, and how she's turning this time of uncertainty into opportunities of growth and outreach. I hope you enjoy her pen law perspective. But before we get into the conversation, we have a public service announcement from Gabriella herself for all of you carrot cake lovers out there. You didn't tell people about your baking, by the way. No, I know, but I got some great recipes and I will pass them on. The latest was the carrot cake, which the internet and Chrissy Teigen said was the world's best carrot cake. And I can fully confirm that it is. Wow. At a restaurant, I always get carrot cake. I've never had better carrot cake than this. It's Southern Living. The recipe is online. You have to make a buttermilk glaze. That's kind of like a donut glaze. And then you pour it into the cake and it's like the best cake ever. I'm a, I might cut that and put that at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Please do. I, I don't need any advertisement from Southern Living. It's just something everyone needs to know that this is the best cake. Yeah. I try to convince people to slow down, slow down AI, to regulate AI. This was futile. I tried for years. Um, I think there's moments where I'm like, oh, should we keep that in? With me and Alexander, I was like, uh-oh, what's going to happen, <laughs> you know? But it was a pretty smooth conversation. Did you end up listening to it? Did you get a chance? No, I didn't listen to it, but that was going to be my fun activity for today. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Did you have any class today? Yeah, so I had class from 9 to 10.30 or 10.15 and then 10.30 to quarter of noon. Okay, what classes yeah. were those? Um, evidence in the morning and then fed courts in the, uh, right after. Yeah, back to back. Back to back, but honestly, can I complain because it's all pass fail? So I'm kind of like, you know, for two of the hardest classes I've taken for in law school, I really can't complain that it's not pass fail. So yeah, what's the vibe like? I guess virtually in the class, are people showing their face? Is a professor talking to a bunch of names? Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't think that this is normal, but. really runs like a normal law school class. Okay. I, I don't think I've seen, and these are, I have, I'm in PR as well. And PR is also kind of normal, but just different because it's a 30 person class compared to a 100 person lecture. But right. Um, evidence is 110 people. And then headquarters is, I guess, 60 or 70. And um, both of them on zoom are exactly the same as in in class lecture so that's great 
Yeah, so going into the um, semester, they told us they were gonna make a panel system um, for cold calls, and that's exactly what they've continued on. So whenever you're on call for both classes, you stay on um, with your video and audio. But okay. everyone else just typically, in evidence, no one else turns their video on. In okay. Fed court, people keep some people keep their videos on. Um, but that's basically it. I typically don't do video until unless I have to. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing video yeah. right now. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I don't mind when I'm talking to people, but when I'm in class, I'm like, I'm doing a thousand things in addition to listening. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I want to get into those thousand things. I want to, I want to hear about them, but first I just want to explain a little bit, give like an introduction into what we're doing here. And then we'll get into what your life has been like for the past okay. several weeks. So I started this podcast because I wanted to interview Penn Law students to get their perspective on how the pandemic has impacted their law school experience and to gain some personal insights into how they've been affected by it. So I have three questions that I want to ask you, Gabriella, today. But before we get into that, can you just introduce yourself? I interviewed Alexander first, and I'm sure if people don't know him, they definitely know you. But <laughs> can you just introduce yourself and give a little bit of insight into how you're doing right now? Sure. Um, so I'm Gabriella Ravita. I'm a, a third year, 3L. Um, what haven't I done at the law school? I've gotten my hands in a little bit of everything. Yeah. But, um, but it's been a great three years because of it. So busy with the Law Review as editor-in-chief of the outgoing volume now. So um, I've been super busy up until this semester, actually. Um, but now just training my successor then super busy with balsa stuff um which is also definitely taken a back seat now that i passed the reins off to my successors there but balsa stuff never ends so this week i'm going i'm um scheduled alexa scheduled a zoom call for all interested balsa 2ls that want to clerk so okay. i'm session with them this week so just kind of like picking up and helping where i can in terms of that but um yeah that's kind of what keeps my time and then how I've done, um, do you want me to tell more about myself personally, like bio-wise? Yeah, where are you from? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, and went to school there. My, dad, my parents were, um, well, my mom was born in the city, and dad immigrated from the Philippines when he was six. They grew up in the same neighborhood. So they're both pretty, like, um, born and bred, basically, in Baltimore. So we go down there really often. We have family there still. But when I was in middle school, just about, we moved to York, Pennsylvania, which is 30 minutes south of Harrisburg. Um, and my dad still commutes down to Baltimore every day. So it's an hour drive, which, wow. yeah, which given coronavirus, it's now like a 45 minute drive because no one's on the road. Um, so that's been good at least. Um, so yeah, so I have a brother. We both went to high school in central Pennsylvania. We went to a pretty large public school. Um, and then I went to Princeton in 2011 and afterwards taught for a while and then went to law school. So um, just kind of knowing though that I was always going to go to law school, but teaching was a really fun side experience that I talk about all the time now. Um, so yeah, but my family's super close. So one good thing, that was unexpected that came out of the quarantine is that I never, especially after getting EIC, 
I had no free time. And I knew that that's what I was sacrificing when I took the job, especially my third year. But um, because I'm so busy, typically in college, I would come home once a month and I just couldn't do that anymore. So I would come home like for breaks or whenever I could. So now with the quarantine, since I've been quarantining with my parents and brother in York, it's just opened up so much more family time than I ever thought I'd have at this time of the year. Yeah. So it's been kind of nice. Um, my dad is an essential worker. Okay. So he has worked for UPS since he was 19. So now, um, I guess it started when we moved here. So about 15 years ago, he started driving long haul um, trucks for UPS. So he's been doing that for a while and that's essential. So he goes into work every day. Um, luckily his building is like very, very, I mean, he has a really strong union. So they have kind of made sure all the requirements are in place for them to be safe. So he's like has PPE and stuff at work and, and everybody's really good about social distancing. So that's been good. Um, I asked him the other day, like, are you nervous about going to work? And he was like, I mean, <laughs> so not really. I think I'm probably more nervous, but um, overall, like, it's just been nice, at least on the weekends um, for, you know, everybody to be at home. And my mom and brother work at a high school. So they're just out. Yeah. So it's kind of been fun. So this weekend was Easter. So we celebrated together, which I never usually come home for Easter. So that was really nice. And, um, it's kind of just helped give me perspective. I think if I were quarantining alone, knowing me, it would just be awful. I would just be like totally in my head the whole time. And it doesn't help that that news every day is just so different and so sometimes so scary and it also doesn't help that like bar stuff keeps moving and I'm always like am I gonna have a star date like right. what's going on so it's nice to be with people who like care but not that much they're kind of my, my parents are kind of like if you need to move home for an extra few months you just move home like it yeah. is what it is well, it's nice to have people around to give perspective because everything can sometimes just feel so much. So I'm glad that I had that chance. Yeah. When's the last time you lived at home for an extended period of time? I lived at home while I was teaching the two years before law school. And I just so quickly forgot in the three years that I've now been at school, how it is to live at home. Like I came up for lunch. My mom and brother went to pick up um, groceries because my mom read that there's going to be a bacon shortage. So she like ran to the store and so is, is gone to get bacon. So they went to the store and then I came up after class and they were like eating and they had just driven through somewhere and then they brought me food. Like it's just so easy to forget how it feels to live at home and be taken care of by someone. So yeah. so that's been a nice welcome surprise. I think if I, that's another thing, if I was studying for the bar too, or just for these finals and had to also like prepare for myself like I normally do. It would just be more time on my plate. So that kind of offsets the time I can then spend hanging out with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back. I want to, I want to get a little insight into what your initial reaction was when you first heard the news that we were going hundred percent virtual remote learning during spring break. Were you in Philadelphia during spring break or you were in New Orleans, oh. right? So, oh my God. So yes, I, we left for New Orleans on Thursday, uh, March 5th. So it wasn't too bad then. And even in New Orleans, like we were super cautious washing our hands on, on ev like after ev touching anything. And we went to Bourbon Street and we rode a mechanical bull. And then afterwards we're like, 
it stood up and had somebody else disinfect our hands. Like we were really, really cautious mm -hmm. and had a great time. And people around us were cautious too. But I would say that when we got back, when we were traveling back to Philly on Monday the 9th, then just in the, those like four or five days, the masks at the airport like doubled. There were not really any masks at the airport on that Thursday when we left. When we got back, people definitely had masks. I, I mean, I changed too. I, that Thursday going out, I just like didn't touch anything on the plane. And that Monday, I like wiped everything down as soon as I got on the plane. Like I just was not, I did not want to play around. And it seemed like everyone was similar. So I got back to the city and um, cleaned my whole apartment. I stocked my, my fridge. And then my parents came that following weekend because my birth, to celebrate my birthday. So we went, our plan was to go out to dinner and I made reservations at Elvez. And then just as the days went on, we were all just like, maybe we'll just do takeout. Like it just got progressively every day, just felt like the stakes kept going up. So then that next day I was supposed to hang out with a friend and we were gonna go do some like Philly sightseeing because the friend had just moved to town. And um, we were supposed to go to that observation deck at one Liberty Tower, which is a super nice view, but an enclosed space. So I was like an hour before getting ready and was like, let me just think of something else. I packed a picnic of all the quarantine snacks that I bought and a bottle of wine. And we just went and like sat by the river and just hung out outside. Cause it was just, like, neither of us really wanted to be in an enclosed space. So yeah. And literally the next day I was at the law school and I had a bunch of stuff in my law review office. So I was packing it up just because I thought like, well, the school, like who knows what's going to happen. I have to clean this out anyway. Let me just pack up everything. And someone came running into our office and like totally out of breath. And she was like, guys, I have a friend who works for the city and they said the city's going to shut down at 5 PM today. So she was like running out of town. So what I was date like, was this? This was March, and I'm gonna look it up. It was it was the week after I got back from New Orleans, so it was definitely that it was second March, week. Yeah, March 16th. Okay. So the first like full week of spring break. So um, so I had planned. My parents were in Philly that Saturday before, and so they were like, "Do you want to come home with us?" And I was like, I don't know, like I have this army war college thing going on, like, I don't know. So they were like, we'll just play by ear and you can like take the train or rent a car. So as soon as I heard that, and then I watched the Philly um, press conference for that day. And then I was just like from noon until 1.30 is when I kind of like thought about it and then immediately was like, I just think I need to leave. Like, I don't want to be stuck here and um, you know, have to like, I don't know. I didn't have any masks. I barely had any hand sanitizer. So I just knew I wasn't prepared in that way and just ran out of time. So I quickly like got the biggest suitcase I had, two of them, and packed up as many clothes as I thought I would wear. <laughs> and then, like all my books, I packed my double monitor. I packed every textbook, all this stuff, and just threw it in a bag and then rented a car quickly and drove out of town. I got to the rental car place at 4 30. Mm. Um, and the woman at the desk was like, got me my stuff. And I was just like, oh, do you guys know if you're closing at five? And she was like, I honestly have no idea. Like, I don't know if we're essential yet. We haven't been told. So I was like, all right, I'll just leave. Like, I'm just not trying to risk it. Yeah. So I've been home ever since. So I got home that Monday, the 16th. And on the way, which I'm pretty sure it was that day. Yeah. On the way home, 
is where I think we found out that we weren't going to have in, in-person graduation. Pretty sure it was that day. Because I was stopped at a light and looked at my phone and had like a hundred missed messages and missed texts. And it was from people in group texts just freaking out about the lack of graduation. And I think it was at that moment, just on that day, where the reality of this whole thing really hit me and that drive home. Just because the whole day was a giant whirlwind of an experience just running out of town, plus um, now this news, which I think is entirely necessary. I think the virtual stuff is entirely necessary. I think that people should take everything so seriously, but that doesn't mean it's easy. And so I think that especially for us, we've had such a crazy three years of law school period. And I think our class in particular has had a tumultuous three years. And so it just didn't make it any better to hear that, like, at least we wouldn't get the experience of graduation, which, you know, like when I, before all this, my parents asked me what kind of graduation I wanted to have. And I was like, really low key. Like, I just want to do like, just us, like I'll make a restaurant reservation. Like family was thinking about coming from out of town, but I was like, no, like you guys can come to the the swearing in ceremony. Like Mm -hmm. it's just going to be too much. And now I'm kind of like, wow, like I'm now I have no choice. So now all the family is going to come to a virtual ceremony. But like, it's just so crazy now that we, now that this is what we're being dealt with. So like I said, I think it's definitely necessary, but it did definitely took me a minute to realize like, what exactly does this mean for us? It means all the things that we had planned are now just either done or, or up in the air. So yeah, uh, that was tough. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to to talk to you about those plans and, and get a little bit of insight into what you're thinking about after graduation, how your plans have changed. But I do want to recognize the fact that our class has dealt with uh, its fair share of issues, its fair share of trials during the past three years. But I do think that we've always come together. Um, I love the fact that we had that Zoom um, meetup on Saturday. That was so nice. <laughs> that was so nice. Right. You know, and, and I see those continuing to happen and I see us sort of bonding over this. Obviously, it's a situation that we all have to go through and there's, there's uncertainty, but I think that we're going to try our best to figure it out together, just like the other situations that we don't have to name. Yeah. Um, I think but, but people stepped up. Um, you're able to see how people sort of dealt with traumatic situations. And ultimately, I think that we we're able to come together as a class. So I know that that'll happen with this as well. Um, I think so do, you mind, do you mind sharing what you planned on doing before? this happen and then how those plans have changed uh, at this point so i it's funny because at the beginning of this school year i was joking with people because i was like i got i over the summer i interviewed for clerkships and got two one year out so i was joking with people who were asking me about it because i was like oh my gosh my whole life is set for the next four years. Like, this is so crazy. Hey, that's dope, by the way. Sorry to interrupt thank you, but that's dope. No, that's that's a good flex. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> and so, so that was always like what I said. And I, I said to people right after that, you know, I'm like, my life is now set until 2023, but it, maybe this will be a, one of the first chances I've ever had in my life to just kind of have no choice, but to stop and live in the moment. Because 
you know, if I'm like, if I know what my career has in store, where I'll be living until 2023, then that just removes so much uncertainty. So maybe now I can just kind of focus solely on class or my job or whatever, my family or my friends and just kind of be more present. So, and part of that is still true because I know I'll start this clerkship in 2021, my first one. But um, my plan was that I was going to start working at my law firm in Philly um, in, on August 1st of 2020. So, you know, who knows now what's going to happen. I don't know if you saw, but um, some firm, I can't remember the name now, but some firm um, announced that they were going to push start dates so, until 2021. So I was like, all right, like I got the news alert. And like I said, I immediately, as my mind always works, immediately thought of plans B, C, and D. So I'm like, I'll just move home. I'll break my lease. Like I'll do what I need to do until they tell me I can start working. And I'm taking the PA bar. So mm. as of today, they have not pushed it. So it's still set for July. So, um, so assuming that that happens, which who knows, and assuming I still start work on October 1st, then that's what I'll be doing. If not, we'll see. I know my firm, the chair of, of our firm sent um, us an email, all of the fall 2020 associates and just kind of said like, we're thinking of you guys, you know, this has just been crazy, um, but keep us updated. We want to hear from you. So that was great. Um, but of course I'm like reading every sentence and every word, like, are, am I going to have a job? Like what's going on? Right. So um, I'm friends with a mentor from the firm who is, um, who's an associate and she was like, I mean, I'm practicing in the labor and employment group. And she was like, we've just been swamped. Like this pandemic has only made our practice busier. So, which is like such a crazy downside to life, but like great upside for labor and employment attorneys. Mm -hmm. So we'll see it. Hopeful that, that something good will come out of this, but um, for me, but I think, I think that it's just too uncertain to have any plans. And that's hard for me personally, because I love to plan. So I've kind of just had to let it go. Like, you know, I had this summer post bar, I planned on going on a trip, I plan on going to a friend's wedding in August. Mm. And now I don't know, like, I feel worse for the friend whose wedding is planned in August. But right. You know, so then my friends and I were kind of thinking, like passing around plans, like maybe if they let us travel in the summer, we can like do a cross country trip instead of flying somewhere. Like maybe that's something we could do. But, you know, who knows? I think that something that you said previously, I think is so true that something I hope comes out of this for us is I think as a whole, we love to be to just kind of have things constantly coming down the pipe. That's how I am, at least. And I think that I would hope that people become a little more spontaneous. Maybe this will make us a lot more resilient. I mean, you know, I'm, I think we're all used to plans changing, but this is like major plan shifting. So I hope that that's something that comes out of it, but I don't know. So I had my, I know my, for me, my biggest worries about my plans were about starting work and taking the bar and how I was just going to pay everything I need to, particularly my loans. So um, I had, I was like very nervous about it, doing all this research about it. And then I got this email from um, our, who was it? A friend texted me about that law school loan repayment advising meeting that was on Friday. And I went and then I knew I scheduled a one-on-one -on -one meeting with the guy who does the advising the next week. So it was yesterday. And I just kind of pushed it off because I was like, oh, it's weeks away when we planned it. 
So thank God it happened when it did because he put all my fears at ease. He was kind of like, here's what you're going to do. Like, here's how you have to file these things. Here's how you're going to pay your loans. So like my biggest, one of my biggest concerns about money was just kind of like taken care of in that one phone call. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think it's hard because we just don't know, but I'm hopeful and praying that little things like this kind of pop on our radars that then ease some of those concerns or make some of the uncertainties not as big of a deal as they once were. So that's the goal. But even the bar stuff, like I was sweating to get my stuff in by Wednesday, which is the deadline. And then they extended the deadline. So it's just like so much, Yeah, <laughs> you know, every day is different. So, um, yeah. so we'll see. So I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, like another good thing is I have um, this gap between work and starting my clerkship so i was like maybe i'll just save up money and take a super nice trip during that time too like i'll make the time yeah you know i want to take some time to celebrate or at least relax before and after real life really begins yes i hope you get that opportunity thanks I know. honestly you know <laughs> you, you've contributed so much time into the law school and the fact that you are contributing to boston the way that you are as a 3l if, if people don't know, generally, 2L positions, 2Ls are, are, are board positions, but you've sort of stayed on to help, um, given the fact that you're, you know, the editor-in-chief of the law review and trying to help out with the academic chairs, I think, as well. So that's really great. I, on the other hand, did my board position as a 2L and then dipped. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> but you still show up. That's the thing about our class. Like, I think our class is super present. And I know the 1Ls love that. Like, I know that they love seeing us around. So I hope that next year's 2L class does the same. Yeah. And I hope people as well, you know, it's not easy. Personally, it's not easy to talk about money and loans and, and sort of the fear around having to pay back that number. Um, I've had sort of loans and forbearance for a few years now, and it's, it's, it's scary to see that date yeah. um, pop up. And the fact that there are resources in place for people to talk to somebody to give them some advice. That's great for, for me to hear. And I hope for people to hear that if there's any anxiety around that, which there shouldn't be this last month of school, you should be worrying about enjoying the process of learning, getting your projects done, getting your papers done, trying to be around your family, being safe and healthy. But inevitably, I mean, money is, is an, an, an issue for um, a lot of us. So I hope that people take advantage of those resources. I'm definitely going to see how I can take advantage of those resources. As yeah. well. so I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, of course. I agree. I mean, I, I took loans off for undergrad, which at the time when I was going to Princeton was super unconventional. And my financial aid advisor was dissuading me from doing it. But I was like, what do you expect when the government says I can pay one thing and I can't? This is, I got to take the loan. And so I remember feeling nervous about it then. But I never, t- I never put myself out there to talk to a financial advisor about it until this month. Mm. And I remember I, this was on Easter Sunday. So I, my family was all home. I walked upstairs after the phone call, like this guy just changed my whole, whole outlook on this. So, and he's like, you guys can, you can email me anytime with follow-ups like free of charge. So like, I hope that more of that exists. I, I don't even know the terms of his agreement. I hope he's working with other schools too, because it's just so crucial to not have to pay and to have a resource so readily available to just talk to you, talk you through that kind of thing. Cause it's so yeah. stressful. It's so stressful. It really is. It takes up a lot of mental space. So yeah. um, definitely what's the guy's name? His name is Jeff Hansen. He owns yeah. his own, he's, he is an economist by trade and okay. he 
focus is solely on advising students on their loans. Okay. And it's important because there's been so many recent changes. The CARES Act pushed everything back to September 30th, and then, which I didn't know until I spoke with him, that the federal government was going to in-house all of their payments for federal loans instead of outsourcing them to these servicers. So these companies I was working with previously and learned up everything I could are now no longer going to service my loans. So that's new. So just to talk to someone, and he's booked Monday through Friday until Memorial Day. So that's why we had to speak on a Sunday. So he's definitely still taking appointments, but um, my gosh, I mean, he's just like people like that. I wish they existed more. Number one, and I wish that schools advertised it more. I'm lucky I saw this email because I talked to other people, they had not caught it. So it's just, I, I think the tough part is I've talked to people, especially older attorneys, yes. about um, loans. And they're, especially big law attorneys, are kind of like, you know, I mean, you're working in big law, you have a chance of being in big law for as long as you want, like, you'll pay them. And while that may be true, like, that doesn't really help me, especially now, (laughs) you know, and when you look at those numbers and see how much you owe over time, if you extend the life of your loan or whatever, it's super daunting. So as a spoiler, this guy's main advice is like, do whatever you can to lower your monthly payment because what you shouldn't do is let your loans totally monopolize your life. You still need to live. You still need to save. You still need to save for a down payment on your home. Don't let the loan or the idea of the loan take over your whole financial life. So that was just comforting to hear from someone who's like kind of outside of the world of the law. Yes. Um, You know, just kind of to free your mind from thinking like, I'm just totally shackled to this loan. So, so that was really nice. I highly recommend it. Yes. I love what you said. The fact that this shouldn't be the response to students that you're going to work in big law. That shouldn't be the response to the anxiety around how are you going to pay for your loans right now? I love that. I appreciate you sharing that. Of course. Um, of course. I also, there's another resource max by access Lex. Um, mm-hmm. It's another oh, resource. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I've been using that to sort of run through their lessons, build up points because I have some sort of rewards program, but also mm-hmm. they have uh, folks, financial advisors online that you can schedule meetings with. So that's oh, another nice. resource nice. people want to use that. So, so last question, uh, you, you touched on this a little bit. You, you spoke about how you're with your family right now, um, with your parents and, and your brother. And I want to know what is something positive that's come from having a shelter in place outside of maybe spending time with your family? Mm, good question. Um, oh my gosh. Well, I think, I think that, a few, so honestly, a few good things. Number one is that I've always heard that this is true, but people I talked to that took the bar were like, the, those two months of studying, I was like the healthiest I ever was. I was really focused on myself and, and you know what I needed to do to get through the day. And um, I think that we have kind of been modeling a little bit of this, of just being forced into our own little distinct spaces. And so I think that that has, I mean, it's boring. So I've been like doing other things. So I um, work out every day. I never worked out every day at law, in law school. Um, so that's been really like a really good change. And it's, it may not be always very strenuous, but it's certainly just something to get me up and out and not looking at a screen. Um, And I think that's because now everything we do 
requires a screen, mm. even socializing. And I didn't realize how much of my day, which is a lot of socializing, which would make me really tired, but at least I wasn't staring at a screen. So now I've kind of had to put things in place to force myself away. So, um, so that's been good. So I like got super into yoga, which I used to do before law school. And then I just totally lost touch. So now I'm like back into that. So that's been nice. Um, I started, I've always had an audible account, but I started like, now I just need something. So I like listen to audible around the clock, which I love. Um, so that's been nice. And then I think that before, even around now, I mean, we're now the second to last week of the semester. And if I were at school, I think that I would be like super pressed about classes and grades and catching up and studying and stuff. And now maybe it's part of the pass fail, but I think it's also part of quarantine that I've prioritized get, talking to people and FaceTiming and catching up with friends more than I, certainly more than I would have now. So um, every week I made it a point to get in touch with one person who I, ha I always like, said I was going to catch up with and just let it slip through the cracks mm. and it's friends from outside of the law school mm. and so um that's been awesome so I don't know like this year is supposed to be my fifth college reunion mm. which is always major at Princeton and so now that that's been taken off the table which it was canceled we all were kind of like well maybe we'll just make these little things a series of little reunions. So I had a friend's birthday party on Zoom not that long ago. And then just like people who I would have normally seen at that reunion, um, just kind of like making time to talk to each one of them, um, which I think has been great because it feels a lot more authentic than just kind of running into them and having a great conversation. But I don't know, it just feels a lot more intentional. So, um, so I think that's been really nice. I think... I think overall, this time has made me a lot more intentional with what I'm doing. If I'm sitting all day, I know I need to get up. If I'm, you know, if I feel super lethargic when I wake up, then, you know, I need, I need to do something to change it. It's just made me hyper aware. So I think all that's been good. I think before, around this time in law school, typically my mom, I'll tell my mom everything I'm doing. And then she's like, you need to stop. Like you need to rest. So now I'm kind of like doing that kind of awareness for myself. Like I need to just take some time or else, I don't know, it's just going to be, it's a marathon, not a sprint at this point. Who knows when quarantine is going to be over. So we kind of just need to come up with a new sense of normal, yes. whatever that means. Yes. Shout out to your mother for giving such timely okay. advice. Yes. I'm not, I'm not sure if you, if you remember, but we first met at the admitted <laughs> students weekend yeah so i yeah. sat i think i sat right next <laughs> right yeah say, say that again you, my parents were there i think my brother may have been there too i can't remember but and they remember you like that's why when i said to my mom i was like oh i'm going down to help jeremiah with this podcast and she was like oh yeah like she just she has a very clear memory she met alexander on admitted students weekend autumn at admitted students weekend and remembers all of it so so yeah, very, my, my parents, I think, are adjusting to this a lot better than I am. I don't, it's gotta be generational for sure. But <laughs> my mom is kinda like, you get to stay home? Cool, like, <laughs> I'm good with that. But um, I don't know, so it's nice to kind of have perspective from them that they're kind of like, I mean, we'll get through it, like it's gonna, it's gonna pass. But um, I don't know, I definitely had, I definitely needed that, there's no way that I could have kept that that perspective myself. So 
one good thing about quarantining with my family. Even though that means I have to live in a basement, it's a trade-off I'm willing to make. <laughs> hey, it looks nice. Oh, I know. Well, I, I, have, I have my bedroom upstairs, but there's no way. It's too loud. Like, my parents will come. My brother will come. They're, he's playing video games. That's his time. So I'm kind of like, I need a separate space to do all my video calls, class, all of that. So I was like, I guess I'll move to the basement. <laughs> Good. I'm going to throw in a bonus question okay. One, because I don't want to stop talking with you. I know. And, <laughs> two, because you weren't able to have a birthday dinner. So I did, right, technically, not an outside birthday dinner with my family. Right. So when all this is over, whatever that means, where do you want to go for your birthday dinner? What's one oh, restaurant that you want to step back into? Great question. I know I can't I'm I miss Philly for sure. I like just I've always loved Philly. So I'm like sad that I'm not there. But um but what am I gonna do? My I already know my first weekend out of quarantine will definitely I'm not cooking anything like I need to eat out for all those meals yes, um, yes. <laughs> so that's our one um birthday dinner though will probably be oh my gosh um wait oh well honestly a few things number one a group of friends and I made a reservation at Zahav back in like I don't even know we made it two months in advance our reservation was the end of May so, or maybe the end of March. Yeah, it was mid-March. So definitely redeeming, I mean, two months after quarantine, I suppose, redeeming of Zahav Reservation. But then for the birthday dinner, my family and I were going to go to, um, what is that place called? The original plan before Elvez takeout was Vernick. Yes. Yeah, and I, I went for a firm event, but it was just like, we just had like little appetizers or smaller versions of encores of, of um, entrees. So I didn't get to experience it, but I know they have that like two day cooked chicken situation. And my boss was like, Oh, you've got to come back for this. So that was the plan. And then yeah. we had to cancel the reservation. I was like, the two day chicken won't be as good. Take up. So right. no, I heard about that chicken. So professor yeah. Balganash, shout out to professor Balganash. Yeah. He, he's a restaurant savant. And huh? Cool. Yes. So um, I think last, I had a, took a class with him last spring and yeah. he was writing a book on Indian cuisine. Oh, but cool. We asked him, because we went to, to Delhi with him, what's the right. best restaurant in Philly? And he said it was Vernick. Yes. So like, in, in my, I mean, it's, it's public facing, but it's super small. Like it's quiet and like kind of, um, you could pass it by and not fully notice it. But in the firm event there it was so nice, but the food, even at the firm event was phenomenal so i was like i know i need to come back so that was the original plan so for certain weekend first weekend out it'll have to be that again cool great and i hope these restaurants are able to weather the storm i'm sure you know zahab and, and vernick are I'm, i assume they're going to be in a better financial position than maybe some of these smaller mom and pop shops um great. but yeah there's i'm trying to support local takeout around here and um yeah it's Me tough too. they're doing they're doing a lot of really good work so um shout out to yeah, all the restaurant workers been so especially around here it, which is a very small town already and it's definitely a struggle but i think they've been so mindful and everyone is so nice so mm -hmm. it's like we still go to our same old places and i read i read this thing online about how to support people at this time and one of it was one of them was that and one was to continue paying your like barbers or hairstylists or nail techs 
just because you would normally be doing so. So I've like done a little bit of that, just like trying because it's such a crazy time. Like a little goes a long way. So, um, so that's kind of been a nice way to at least feel like I'm contributing to this much larger, crazy experience. For sure. For sure. Appreciate you giving me these 40 minutes, extra 40 minutes on screen. <laughs> My pleasure. It was so yeah. fun. Yeah. I love the project too. I'm so happy you're doing it. Thank you. I try to convince people to slow down, slow down AI, to regulate AI. This was futile. I tried for years. Shit. Shit. Every city going low, guy.